0: Welcome to the Televerse,
1: Streaming in Place, The Legend of Korra.
0: Hello everybody and welcome back to Streaming in Place. Today we are talking about The Legend of Korra, Book 4 Balance, our anti-penultimate episode and the one before that, whatever that's called, but our our second to last day of new episodes. Uh, We're talking about today Operation Beifong. And Kavir's gambit. So uh, we get some called it. Congratulations to Marcus and to Allison for Toph being back. Um, you definitely called that. Um, and we also just have some more fun with Toph. And we get our reveal of like the our end game, like what Kavir's gambit actually is. But I feel like what we, where we need to start is just a little bit like a, a thought, a moment for Batara Junior. Because. Oh Junior, that's precious that you thought she would pick you over her shiny robot. Does not was never gonna it's never gonna happen. It's never gonna happen.
1: Yeah, that, a real case of exactly one person was surprised by that.
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I still like yeah, there's no surprise over it, but I also really like the gender inversion that happens with it because mm-hmm. it's typically like You get, you get the, you get the love interest and it's a woman of the evil male dictator and, or the evil warlord or whatever, and then that happens. So again, you get a nice little gender flip and I really like how like disheveled Batar looks during his interrogation sequence and how upon seeing a giant purple pink laser heading right for his head, he's like, oh, well, I guess I wasn't as important as I thought I was, which is a, which is a tough wake up call. I mean, if that's how you're going to break up with someone, like it's pretty clear, like there's no ambiguity there. Like with some people, Mako.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It is really, uh, it just is underlining, you know. Exclamation point. Yeah, it's done. Um, the question I have is, Do are we supposed to think that she ever was invested in him in any meaningful way? Because I never got that from their relationship. I got, oh, this is a convenient person for me. And, uh, and you know, an easy way to win him over against his entire family, to have this strong connection to Zafu, and to take advantage of what apparently is quite a bit of actual engineering and scientific um, expertise is to be engaged, but no, they're not married. Married? Do we think they actually ever would have gotten married? I don't know. How do you feel about this, Allison?
1: I don't know. I think she might have married him. They mm-hmm. might have got hitched, but I don't know that it would have been... Like, even if she... I think maybe the most interesting version is she actually does sincerely love him, and that doesn't matter at all, mm-hmm. right? Like, mm-hmm. regardless, I, it's not like I got a great, warm vibe from them, but it also didn't seem like she was doing or really having to do all that much to manipulate him, right? So, um so certainly she got some things out of it, but maybe she did really love him. The only thing that matters is that she didn't love him anywhere near as much as she loves her giant robot and as she loves power. And it was clearly not even a remotely hard decision, right? Like yes. just instantaneous. Um which I, I feel like you know, you sleep with dictators, you reap what you sow, sort of. So mm-hmm. Sorry, Batar,
0: yeah, um it was it was just very you know heartfelt of, yes, I understand where's the location, okay, yeah, we couldn't possibly do this we do you have the shot okay, yeah, we're gonna have to <laughs> Bye. Um so I yeah, I enjoyed the timing of all of that uh, Noel, how did you feel about our reveal of kuvira's like her secret weapon, her plan, everything
2: so. Well, first, I want to like kind of address your question to Allison real quick, if I may, in a very presidential debate form. Um, go back to the question that you didn't ask me, but so I want to answer it. Um, is I do feel like that it's really difficult to tell how she feels about Bittar, Um just because one of the one of my big problems with Book Four and especially with um, Kuvira in particular is that we never really get a firm hand on what really motivates her. Um, To do all this like you get a sense of it like that she has this degree of pride uh, within the Earth Kingdom as a concept, but it's still kind of hard to read the ways in which she's been pushed so far. So it's it's it feels baked into that kind of ambiguity about where this motivation is coming from, like, how did she care about the Republic City? Mm-hmm. having all this land before she became a warlord, or is this just really good nationalistic rhetoric that she's employing? And it could go either way is the problem, and we don't know. Um, and I think that there's some charm in that, but I also feel like I would like to know. Um, as for the mech, um, I both like and don't like the mech. Um, it, back in 2014, I was just like, yeah, no, this is this is cool. This is a very natural evolution of everything that's come before it. Um, at the same time as someone who absorbs and watches a ton of anime, um, mechs are never good for world stabilization. Like, they're just bad. They're actively Mm -hmm. bad for stabilizing, uh, world politic, um, or a solar system politic in the case if you watch a lot of Gundam. Um, but they always, they're always harbingers of something worse to come. (laughs) Uh, but it makes a logical sort of escalation of sense in terms of, spirit weapons being inspired by um, Unavatu's whole chest cannon thing um, that I alluded to yesterday. And all of that just like kind of coalescing and coming together. So I like that the show couches it in sort of atomic weapon arms race kind of deal stuff with Varric weirdly in a... Yeah, I know I invented it, but I don't want to do it uh, role. But also the but I need this weapon because they have this weapon kind of sense of things. So I think it, I think it all works. I just don't know that on a big narrative or even world level, I really like it, but I also have questions about where they built the goddamn thing.
0: (laughs) Yeah. There, there, there is that. Um, Marcus says that Kavira probably likes Batara more than anyone other than uh, herself, which says, you know, that's, that doesn't say that much, but still, it's something. Um, and Marcus says, uh, I don't think they are the best use of resources, the large mechs. Uh, you just need a couple snow speeders to take them down. So it's true.
2: It's a good point. Uh, do I? Do, no, we don't have time for me to get into how an ad at isn't technically a mech. I mean, we can, but I don't really want to.
0: That's okay. That's okay. Yeah. I see the reference, and I appreciate it, Marcus. Yeah. Um, no, I do too. <laughs> um." Yeah, Kavira is not going for stabilizing, obviously. Yeah. And as soon as you see, you know, that you're like, well, okay, yeah, this this tracks. Um, and I, I mean, I do think that it is a, a logical escalation of the mech tech we've been seeing so far. I also like that one of the first things we see her blow up in Republic City is, you know, the other suits that they had been the building, hummingbirds, the humming, yeah, yeah, dragonfly hummingbirds or whatever they were, uh, and. First of all, I wanted to see one of those—not uh, the suit, but the actual animal—and so tears. But second of all, I, I do you think like that's yeah? No, we're not going to do that, guys. That's we're not going to just introduce a, another brand new tech right at the end. We're our team's going to have to pool together and figure something else out on their own. Um, I appreciate that approach, uh, Allison. What did you think of Kuvira's plan and the giant mech and all of that?
1: Well. Um... The first part, the oh well, this was stolen from us. I was like, "Well played, show." They've been they've been threading that through a while, right? Like they've been making sure that we are aware of what happened in the intervening time and um and why Kavira might feel that way. Um, for a while now, so it makes perfect sense. Uh, the mech made me shout out loud in my kitchen. I was watching on my laptop, so I could make some bread and mm-hmm. was like, I had my hands in dough and I went, Oh, holy shit. Um, because it is, I mean, I agree. I have some questions about where exactly this thing was constructed. Um, Cause it doesn't seem like that would have been an easy thing to hide. But, um, but it was a hell of a visual and definitely intimidating. It feels like every time we get one of these, Oh, how can they possibly triumph battles? The ante is up to even more. Um, and it's hard to imagine getting sort of more intimidating and posing than the Unulak situation. And yet it's pretty, it's pretty scary. It seems pretty insurmountable.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I really like the design for it because it feels like an extension of her like gauntlets with that, that kind of like uh Chevron um, metal stuff to it. But also, on both a serious and a joke note, I really appreciate that Kuvira understands the dangers of carpal tunnel syndrome and uses a series of giant trackballs to control this thing. Um, As an advocate for trackball mice um, myself, I really appreciate that.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I like that they show us how she works it. And that it's the kind of thing that, yes, it it was designed, you know, we assume by Batar, but... It was designed with her specifically in mind and other people could probably run it, but you'd have to be a very high level metal metal bender and you'd, you know, you'd have to learn and figure out how, how to use it. And so it's very much designed for her, uh, without being some, without having some sort of, you know, it's genetic locked to you. So only you get, you know, like they are not doing any of that, which I think is a good call. Um, and I said something else, but we're going to find out about that tomorrow. So I won't say anything else about that, uh, the design and everything. Uh, Why don't we, speaking of designs, Julie! Julie is back, and she wasn't evil this whole time. So, Allison, that's another called it. And also yeah. for you and for Tom, uh, what did you think of the return of Julie?
1: I mean, I feel like that one shouldn't be a called it. It, it felt pretty inevitable um i like however that we get to keep the realization um on the part of everyone but Varric that Varric treats julie like garbage um and that she's sticking up for herself now that was very gratifying um she deserves better she should find a new boss
0: (laughs) when bolin thinks you're being oblivious like when bolin is like dude then you just gotta take a look inside
1: yeah, you you need to ask yourself some tough questions about, um, your level of emotional intelligence, um, when Bolin, I mean, I guess maybe if Maka was like, wow, you're mishandling this, that might be worse, but I'm not sure. That would be a toss-up. They're not great at it, at social interaction, those boys. Um, I mean, it was a satisfying turn, if one that felt a little bit inevitable, um, and obviously an incredibly valuable resource for our friends to have, for team Avatar and Company to have on their side. Um, and I think that's the most we've ever heard her speak. So that's good. Mm-hmm.
0: There's a, we will have more to say about Julie tomorrow, looking forward to that. Um, Noel, any thoughts on Julie?
2: It's just really delightful. Um, They animate Julie's facial expressions really, really well across both of these episodes. So I really appreciate the way in which she goes from deer in the headlights, innocent, to, yeah, no, you're a monster, and I've been trying to sabotage you this whole time. Um, To her delight at seeing Varric again, to her just utter exasperation and anger that Varric hasn't figured anything out. Um, And watching those facial animations go... Through that cycle from narrowing eyes to, like, really enraged eyes to just, like, getting up on her tiptoes to, like, lean over him as he leans back is just really, really good animation. And it's good bits of physical comedy as well that kind of help lighten the, oh, shit, there's a giant robot coming (laughs) this way. Well, Mecha, not a robot. Um, Yeah.
0: Um, do we have any thoughts on cause I know we were not as a, as as a Zoom, as a podcast, we were not on board with Bolin and Opal uh making up or more specifically, Opal taking him back. Uh how was that handled? Are we more on board or are we just resigned?
2: Noel? Oh, just completely resigned. Like it's it's it it was it was a foregone conclusion as I think we were all talking about yesterday. Like it was just it was going to happen.
0: Yeah, and it, Al- and it did. Allison's expression is just in in an expression.
1: Yeah, I um, I mean, resigned is a good word for it. I guess I'm just mostly pretending it didn't happen. Um, just not because I don't think it's possible to have a sympathetic character make a wildly damaging decision um, because he's easily manipulated and that there could not possibly be a redemption arc from that but it feels very fast. It feels a lot like the writers were like, oh God whoops we didn't really think that through let's just never mind and then <laughs> it's just done um, which I'm more than willing to just let that be a never mind right at the end of the road here. I'd rather keep my fond feelings for Boleyn and not be grumpy about it. <laughs> yeah. Marcus
0: says, uh, disappointing, called it, which I think is a good subcategory of called it. We haven't really identified to this <laughs> point, so I'm on board. And yeah, like Marcus says, it's not just that like he picked Kuvira, but he worked with her for three years without realizing this. Like, Yes, one you could say like the decision that Opal's forgiving is... Is just is a late decision, just this very you know, at Zhao Fu, like it's that is the decision, and that's the moment that she's forgiving, but really, that's because we didn't live with three years of her going, Honey, uh, honey, this doesn't seem like this is good. Uh, hmm, I'm sure it's fine, sweetie, don't worry, it's she's not a dictator, it's fine, it's fine. So, yeah, to yeah, I'm with Elson though, I'd rather be able to hold on to my fondness for, for Bolin. And I feel like if Pabu if was giving Bolin a little bit of a harder time for not being around, I would be more on board. But this is where we are. The last thing we have not yet talked about, that we of course we need to, is the return of Toph. What do we think of our Toph and Lin content?
1: Oh, it was so nice. It just... They've done such a great job of making that character feel like the elderly version of the character we know. Um, which... I'm not sure I really even comprehended how hard it is to do that well, but we get some valuable points of comparison, right? Like, I still have a lot of fondness for Katara, but I don't think of young Katara and old Katara as being the same person, really, um, without a little sort of reminder to myself. Um, Certainly Zuko seems like two completely different people, Um, but this Toph is not the same as child tough, but recognizably satisfyingly tough in a way that just fills me with such joy and when she said um after Lynn was like no after this you and I were are done and she said if it makes you happy if that's what makes you happy then fine with kind of a shrug but also like a little bit of a heartbreak it just it got me so much um that the only other detail I want to add is uh, wow, what a massive miscalculation to not assume that the most formidable earthbender in history maybe um, that like a revolutionary figure um, who came up with this completely other style of bending um, would show up when her daughters were in trouble uh, seems like a big miscalculation on Kuvira's, Kuvira's part um, and I hope that she is squirming in her bed um, every once in a while, just remembering Toph yelling, You give Metal Benders a bad name! Because that would make me want to crawl into a hole and die. So, <laughs> feel it! Feel it, Kuvira! Roll around in it!
2: I do appreciate that Kuvira, upon seeing Toph, goes, Oh, um, no? Like, you don't, she, like, she doesn't, like, order, like, a larger assault. It's like, oh, Toph's here. I'm gonna just, I'm just gonna take a step back. Do you guys want to um, head out? Is that, uh, yeah, that's just, fine. Just, just peace go. out. Yeah. Yeah. Just go, go ahead. It's fine. I don't need you all anyway. I've got a mech and another hanger that no one knows about. <laughs> um, so yeah, but it makes like a degree of sense. I don't think the metal bender thing hits her hard, but I think Toph being there is sort of a, I can't deal with that and everyone else kind of deal. Um, even if she is an old lady. Mm -hmm. Um, But to Allison, your point about the um, scene with all the instant noodles, which is just such a lovely thing, and Bolin and Opal doing tennis back and forth is great. Um, I really like how that conversation is just the epitome of Toff's parenting style of giving them too much freedom and not pushing them forward um, to do the emotional labor involved in being a family and being grounded too much in that sense of my parents controlled every inch of my life for too long. So I'm not going to do any of that for my kids. And that is what happens when you just keep stepping, thinking you need to step back, um, instead of being like, maybe we should have this conversation. And I would like to have this conversation. So we're going to have it. Um, but I really like how that gets figured and mecked up in that dinner conversation as well. Because it's there when she just goes, that's what makes you happy. Because that's that's what it is. That's all it is. is right there in that line. Um, so I really like how that just gets, gets tangled up in everything. Both Lynn wanting her toff and also her... Dad, wherever he may be, to be more present, and Toff being like, yeah, but my parents were too present, so I'm not going to be present at all. Peace.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's a, it is a good opportunity. They took that the opportunity for us to see a little bit of her parenting directly, like on camera, rather than through the lens of her daughters. And mm-hmm. yeah, I was watching like with with uh, Batar uh, when when he was talking. It's like, oh, it must have been hard to have her as a mother-in-law. And I was like, yeah, but worse as a mother, right? And I was like, yeah, yeah, neither would have been great. So it's... How yeah.
2: are you, mother? I told you not to call me that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, the, the thing that I really... The moment I really loved was her leaning back on Juicy and putting her feet up. That was the moment I was like, oh, it's tough. Like Because it's it felt like that you know, throughout. But like you were saying earlier, Allison, it is remarkable how well they've captured the original but plus 70 years right with this version of her and when she leaned back in the saddle um and just kind of like you know went to you can imagine her picking her toes right just it's like yeah that that ugh, a little moment there has some goosebumps there um and i also really like that she they have her specifically reference katara and be like yeah, why do you think katara didn't get involved in season two because <laughs> she was busy just like being retired because <laughs> it's hard work and her back is sore and you know she's she's just gonna go back to the swamp. You guys, you kids deal with this. Uh there are many, many, many who could stand to learn a lesson about sometimes you have to leave it to the kids. Um but you know, I don't want to get too into our politics.
2: Booty Judge um, twenty twenty four Wait, is that what you meant? Is that is that what was happening just now? No. Kate, no? No. Oh, okay. Just, Sorry. I know I'm I supposed to the yes room. and,
0: but yes and, but I'm not going to yes and that. Um, do we have any final thoughts on these episodes or hopes or predictions for the finale? I guess from Allison um, or Marcus, since Nolan right. and I know what happens.
2: Well, my only like final thought is I don't like Tenzin in the airbender <laughs> suit. I don't it was, like it. Okay, but it was I great. I don't like it. It was, I, I was like, like it. this looks so weird. I yes. like that they did it, but it also is so weird. I don't like it. I don't. Robes only from now on. No no <laughs> airbender stealth suits, just robes. Um, and I, he's been wearing it the whole season. It's just been under the robes. Um, so always with the robes, please. And thank you. I know it's a pain to animate, but always with the robes, please. Um, and that's all I have. So I'm going to be quiet now. hmm <laughs>
1: Um, I loved Juicy. Ugh. Uh, big thumbs up. So gross and funny and charming. Just, it made me want to cut out, like, a teeny tiny piece of green construction paper and tape it to the front of Appa's face just for a day so that Appa could go as Juicy for Halloween. Um.
0: I really liked the revelation that the, the bison picked the airbender and not the other way
1: around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. Um so uh, I loved that Um, I'm always excited to see more Boom but there was not enough Boomy I hope we Mm -hmm. get some solid Boomy content in these last two episodes Um, I I think that's it and hopes that you know I just want them to stick the landing and for me the thing that will make me feel satisfied even if they can't like fire on all cylinders which is hard to do finales series finales are incredibly hard um i just want cora's story to feel whole i just want her decisions and her reactions and the lessons that she learned and her own journey particularly this season to um to be a a big part of whatever comes next for once (laughs) that's not fair the end of last season was very good for cora storytelling wise so Um, So I take that back. But um, I hope that the priority is there and that you can tell from the finished product.
0: Marcus says, I'm hoping for a strong denouement. Also, now that the Spirit Vine superweapon is out there, is there any chance it will go away? I feel like it's a nuclear weapon. Once it's made, the knowledge will never go away and will always be part of the world now. Um, So we will see.
2: Yeah. um, I don't know if like that is discussed in the, like, the follow-up graphic novels that they wrote for Cora Because I know there's at least one or two. I haven't read yeah. them. Um, there's at least one for sure. But um, I haven't read them, so I don't know, like, what the world looks like after this. Mm-hmm. I should read them.
0: Well, I know just a couple things about what happens after the finale, which we'll talk about mm-hmm. next time because I'm very excited about them. But uh, our last two episodes, it's a it's, uh, two-parter. Um, and it's the day of the Colossus and the last stand.
1: So. Um, well, I'm guessing that the Colossus is the giant mech. So it'll be um, maybe they're like on a mission to take out the Death Star, essentially, because um, it certainly has like Death Star vibes. So maybe we go on a secret mission and they dress up like Earth Kingdom Soldiers and sneak in and try to take out the giant pink glowy pointy gun guy. Um, and then the last stand um, that title is just fine. <laughs> um, but Day of the Colossus is good. Um, the last stand is the last stand. So Kuvira and Korra have a big showdown, and Korra has to decide what kind of person she is in some way. Hero's Journey stuff. Um, and th- at some point, Cora and Asami trade long glances, <laughs> steamy looks, um, and then nothing happens. <laughs> okay. That's my um, prediction.
2: Yeah, I should, I should also note that I'm pretty sure these episodes, and but definitely like the last two episodes, um, off, actually aired on TV. Mm-hmm. Um, Nickelodeon went, oh, yeah, no, we'll put them back on the air. And I forget like when that started, but it definitely started with um, it's definitely within Kavira's Gambit aired on TV. And then these last two episodes were on TV as well. Um, That would be jarring. Yeah, right. You get none of the rest of the show, but you get these like last three or four episodes on TV with no context because Nickelodeon.
1: Mm hmm.
0: Uh Marcus says the last stand sounds like it should have been the end of the Amon arc given his ability to remove bending. Um okay, fair enough. And yeah. Yep. And uh we will talk about that stuff tomorrow. I'm very much looking forward to it. And anything else I say will be spoilery, so <laughs> yay I will stop talking Um, so tomorrow we'll be back to talk about these last two episodes thank you Marcus for hanging with us today in the zoom thank you everyone for listening bye bye